welcome back to 2024. Given the being the start of the year and lots of people shifting and changing in their roles, etc., I thought I'd throw out this quick episode around how to improve your interviewing skills. Uh, something that I get asked a lot is, you know, tips and tricks and how a lot of people worried about how they interview and worried that you know it's the the biggest impediment to them getting new roles that they really want etc so uh, hopefully this episode will help some people G'day, my name's Brock Cook and welcome to Occupied. In this podcast, we're aiming to put the occupation in occupational therapy. We explore the people, topics, theories and underpinnings that make this profession so incredible. If you're new here, you can find all of our previous episodes and resources at OccupiedPodcast.com. But for now, let's roll the episode. So, I've been teaching communication this semester and it's been something that I've really struggled to get into from a I guess a passionate point of view I know obviously it's much easier to educate people when they're being educated by someone who's super passionate about whatever the topic is etc but communication as as important as I fear as important as I know it is and as as much as I truly do love the art of it I've struggled to get into it this semester, and I think it's because uh, I've really been looking for and needing a challenge, and the content being already established, and just not finding that challenge in the actual teaching of what was being, of, of the curriculum for this particular subject this semester, but there's one thing literally in the very last workshop uh, of the semester that I kind of went, hey, that's a bit of a light bulb moment for me. And it was a way of explaining uh, interview technique uh, to students in a way that would help them sort of, I guess, get better at it faster. Uh, interview techniques are sort of well established that it's one of those things that you just need to get out and practice and do. We've all got our own interview styles. Everyone has uh, certain aspects of it, certain communication skills that they're better at than others, and that's okay. It's a matter of finding out what you're good at, uh, what you're not so good at or lacking a bit of development in, and putting some effort and some very strategic and specific practices in place in order to develop those lagging skills. Uh, I've always been a strong believer that communication, and in particular interviewing, but obviously communication isn't just interviewing, but I've always been a strong believer that this is one, probably the most important skill we have in a healthcare setting, but also one of the ones that develops continually. I interview people as a hobby for this podcast and I've done massive amounts of interviewing and communication throughout my career particularly I find in mental health it's even more important because we don't have a lot of the I guess physical observations uh, that some I guess physical illnesses and ailments 
may have in order to help the clinician out. Like we, everything is reliant on our communication, not just 95% of it. So I, I would consider myself for the most part a fairly efficient uh, and skilled uh, communicator, particularly when it comes to interviewing. Um, there's a number of different techniques that I use, a number of modalities that are interview-based that I find very effective with clients. Uh, I tend to be relatively emotionally intelligent and responsive to changes in body language and tend to be able to pick up those those patterns uh, relatively accurately, I, I believe. Obviously, there's going to be some people that completely disagree with me, and that's okay. That's fine. I'm, I'm open to constructive criticism. Anyway, my point being, it's a massively important thing, and up until this point, I've never really been able to pinpoint where I think some of the, I guess, the earlier um, shortcomings are in a developing clinician's interview skill set. Um, so I was teaching an interview technique last week. Uh, we were using solution-focused brief intervention as the, the modality that we were utilizing. And I've, this isn't anything new. I've done this for probably the last at least four years in various capacities, taught this same topic to the same uh, cohort, not the same cohort, but the same like year cohort. Um, and it finally clicked what they were doing wrong. So not necessarily wrong, but what they were doing that was making it much more difficult for them to get their head around it. What I would find is we can explain all the theory and go through the format uh, of the actual interview technique, which I think I've done an episode on, and if not, I will do one for you because it's, it's, I find it an extremely valuable interview technique. Um, but when they went to actually practice, after we did the theory part, they would break into groups of three and they would practice this skill. So one person would interview another person and the third person would be there to observe and give constructive feedback to the interviewer uh, on how they might be able to improve, what sort of things that they did well, what sort of things that they might want to keep an eye on, etc. Um, and then they rotate and everyone has a go. This same pattern has happened probably since I started teaching this skill set. And it's only now that I've worked it out. We hopefully are aware that there's a variety of different questioning techniques. And this is broadly across interviewing. You've got, you know, open, closed questioning. We can take a topic and we can funnel down into that topic looking for more specific detail where we might take an open question and some of the answers from that open question we might start closing our questions down and really narrowing in and getting more detail around a specific topic and that's generally the very basic building blocks of an interview is you have your open questions where you sort of open the conversation up get very broad details and then you close questions your funneling questions etc where you narrow down on those specific details and get more information around them. Now, I am the first 
to put my hand up and say with regards to my technique, it's been a long time since I genuinely put conscious thought into why I do things, let alone what I'm doing. It's something that nowadays, uh, due to my own fault, uh, it just kind of comes naturally and I just let it. I don't. Uh, haven't been putting a lot of reflective effort into my interviewing, which is something I'm now I'm conscious of that I, I definitely want to do more of. But the reason I bring that up is because I'm assuming that's the reason why I haven't been able to work out why when I feel like I'm doing exactly the same technique as what I've just taught the students, why they've struggled with it. And here's what it is. I feel like... And and thinking back and reflecting on when I was a new grad, I guarantee I did this. But I feel like students are funneling down too early in an interview. And I used a gold uh, mining uh, metaphor to try and explain this. And I'll, I'll let you know what that is, see if it makes sense to you. So just imagine we've got this patch of, let's say, I don't know, 20 feet by 20 feet square of land and we're going looking for gold. We've got our metal detector and our shovel and we're ready to go. So we step onto our land, get our metal detector out, we're scanning away and we hear a beep. Now the beep's faint enough or too faint that we can't actually tell what that is underneath the, the ground there. So we grab our shovel, we start digging, we dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and we get to it eventually and it's a tin can. Like, okay, cool, that's fine. So we climb back out of that hole, get, on, get our metal detector again, and after a few seconds, we find another ding, another beep, whatever a metal detector does, I'm not sure. It lets us know there's something there anyway. So we grab our shovel, we dig and dig and dig and dig, and this time we might find a tiny little bit of gold. So we're all right, sweet. So we climb back out of that hole, we grab our metal detector and we repeat this process over and over again until we've dug up the whole 20 by 20 feet block. Now, that is definitely one way that you can do this. No, not throwing shade if that, that might work for some people. It definitely is not the most efficient way. So picture this, we step out onto our 20 by 20 block, we grab our metal detector, and we go over the whole thing, the whole 20 by 20 feet, we go over the whole thing, marking wherever each ding was. Now remember that it's not quite loud enough that we can tell whether it's a solid piece of gold or like a very thin metal tin can it doesn't give us that much information but we've scanned the whole area we flagged out where all the beeps are the next thing we might want to do is with our shovel we go around to each of those sites and we just dig out one foot of dirt so we've got a little one foot divot where each of the the metal detector dings were just that little bit of extra information so that we can get the metal detector closer to whatever it is to see if it'll give us an indication of what might be down there. Is it more likely to be gold or is it more likely to be a tin can? 
So we do this over the whole thing. Now, let's say half of those are now flagged as this could be gold. Now we get to just dig those, let's say, for sake of argument's sake, there's six holes that flag that might be gold. Now we get to dig just those ones, dig down, mine out the gold out of those six uh, holes. And it's a much more efficient way of getting that gold out of the ground. Now, just in case I've lost someone, let me explain how that relates to interviewing. Flow is extremely important in interviewing. And I know when I first explained this to the students, that was their main concern. So if I'm going into an interview and the very first topic that comes up, I start funneling down and trying to get all the information about that particular topic till we get to the bottom of it, till there's nothing more to explore with that topic. And then I climb back out of that hole, metaphorically. Then I still have to then go searching again for what the next topic is going to be that we're then going to dive down into. What a better way of doing it is to get a broad overview of that person's situation. Find out a broad range, using your open questions, a broad range of stuff, just taking mental note of the different topics that you may want to explore at the end of getting this broad overview. What I would then do and this is the taking a bit of soil out of the top of each of those, is do another pass over that whole broad uh, information uh, thing that you just did, but get a little bit more detail about each of the things that were brought up, just a little bit. Then, by that stage, you should have a rough idea of the topics that you really want to funnel down into. Now, the reason I think that this doesn't affect flow in a negative way is because even though you're still tunneling down getting to the end of that coming back up and then tunneling down again they're topics that you've already mentioned so you're literally going over stuff or getting more in depth on things that you've already talked about as opposed to the first scenario when you're coming back up out of a topic then having to go exploring again to find the next topic, you're really kind of going in blind because you could be missing completely what the main issue or the main topic is because you're literally just diving down into the first one that you find next. That's my little metaphor that I came up with and I, I, I strongly believe in reflection of myself and my own development as an interviewer as well as just my experience in observing these students trying to learn these interview techniques that this is something that is, could be, definitely is really common with my students or the students that I've had contact with. But I feel like it could be really common with a lot of people because interviewing isn't a natural thing. The, talking to people might be natural. You could have the most you know, laid-back person who loves to talk and will you know, make friends with absolutely anyone. But when it comes to formal interviewing, that's not necessarily a normal thing that they then engage in, uh, adding that structure to their normal, I guess, personality and their normal conversation style. It can be very, very different and very challenging for people. So I, for that reason, I do think that it could be something that is very common 
for a lot of people starting out and learning to interview. So one thing I'd like you to try if you if you are a student or if you are a new grad and you find interviewing awkward or trying to keep your flow uh, really difficult in an interview setting, I want you to try this. I want you to try not funneling down. Be very conscious of it. Try not funneling down onto specific topics uh, very or too soon. Get that broad overview. Do another pass and get a little bit more depth of that broad overview and then funnel down into the topics that flag in that first part as something that might be valuable or useful to whatever interview or whatever you're interviewing for, whether it's an assessment or a a social thing or whatever it is. Um, I'd be very curious to hear your experience. I'm very curious to hear if it's something that relates to you, if you've all of a sudden have a light bulb moment like I did, like, hey, wait a minute, that actually sounds like me. Because um, it definitely was for myself. Uh, and I'm, I'm keen to hear if you do try it, how you find it. Uh, what I will do is, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't actually know if I have done an episode on my use of Solution Focus Brief Intervention. So I might do that next uh, episode uh, on here for you guys. And then I'll be able to, I guess, explain uh, how I use my sort of metaphorical, I was like gold digging, but gold searching uh, metaphor in practice with an actual interview modality. So I, I might throw that one together for you guys next, but let me know. Either shoot me an email, you can leave a comment on the on the Patreon post, but let me know. I'm very curious to see... Um, what you guys think and if you think this is a thing for the broader OT community or anyone who's I guess uh, relatively new to interviewing practice thanks again and uh, I will talk to you guys real soon if you liked this episode and want to check out more head over to occupiedpodcast.com or search occupied podcast in your favorite podcasting app If you have thoughts or reflections on the topics discussed today, please do get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, if you got some value from this and you want to help us out, like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Remember, be good to yourself, be good to others, and always keep occupied.